keys in on walking worthy of the call. And so before we get started, I'll, I'll be reading from the New American Standards. You may read a little bit different. But I ask for those of you that will be participating in the, in the sanctuary, if you have a question or comment, that you would grab a microphone and, and wait to be acknowledged. And, and the reason for that is we want everyone to get the same experience. Those online, if you don't utilize a microphone, they cannot hear the internal conversation. And so we want them to be able to hear what is being discussed. And so again, I'm just going to read and we'll get started with our discussion. I'm reading Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses one and two, and I'll be reading the New American Standard Version. And here's what it says. Uh, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Verse 2, with all humility, gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. In this passage, Paul begins the second half of this letter with the word, therefore. He is connecting what he said in chapter 3. I'm not going to be repetitive, but in chapter 3, Paul was talking about the riches that come with being in Christ. In this piece, he said, in light of the glorious riches of being in Christ, there are now accompanying responsibilities. <laughs> he says, hey, I've told you all the good things that come with being in Christ, but being in Christ also carries with it responsibilities. How many of you know that being a Christian, being a Christian, you have responsibilities? And so he's going to talk to us about our responsibility of being in Christ. And he wants us to walk those things out. Walk those things out. In other words, apply what we're going to talk about. You know, it, 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 when I was in the world, you know, we, we you would say, hey, you know, talking the talk. But you got to, in, in, in addition to talking a good game, you got to walk a good game. You know, and so again, that's what we're going to concentrate so he urges them in verses 1 through 2 to live or walk worthy of their calling. They must conduct themselves. Conduct. Somebody say conduct. Themselves in a way that reflects their new status. In other words, he said, hey, you got a new status now, Herb. You got a new status, uh, brother and sister Purdue. You got a new status, Joyce. You got a new status. Everyone that's in the name of a Christian has a new status. And with that new status comes responsibility. In other words, he says, I now want you to operate from a spirit of humility. Yeah. I want you to, uh, I want you to be gentle when dealing with people. I want you to have patience when dealing with people. I want you to bear people's burdens and their faults in love. That's our responsibility. He's telling you, Sister Latham, DeAndre Latham, uh, Sister Shirley, that when you deal with people, you should deal from a spirit of humility. You know, and so, 
And so he, 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 he's, he's telling us, then he says, tolerance one for another. Tolerance is simply showing people respect whether or not you agree with their perspective or not. <laughs> I mean, see, because at the end of the day, and we'll get there, all of us are different. We're not going to agree on everything. But even in our disagreement, we can be respectful of each other. And again, so he's talking to the, the, the people that have been called to walk worthy. He, he's, Sister Thelma, he's letting you know, this is how you walk worthy, by doing these things. Verse 3, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. In that particular passage, that's verse 3, Paul says some very direct but pinpointed things. He says, being diligent. Somebody say diligent. The word diligence means with conscientious and persistent effort of attention. Being diligent, Brother Anthony, is going to require you to do some careful, somebody say careful, and painstaking thoughts. <laughs> see, see, when you're going to be diligent in what he's getting ready to ask you to do, you can't just, you're going to have to put some thought into it, Jesse, because cause if not, you're not going to tell, you're not going to hit where he tells you next. He said, being diligent, what? To preserve the unity. In other words, if I, Brother Anthony, if I don't think with, with my conscious mind and put some serious thought and effort to it, when somebody says something, I may not say it the right way. But if I think about it, Jesse, when, when, when Sister Layson says something, instead of uh, flying off at the handle, I think about it. I process it. I put pain and effort into it. Okay, how should I respond? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Paul is trying to help us. This only not only helps us in the church, but this will help you in any relationship that you're in. Before replying back to Brother Anthony got a Comment. You got a microphone? Yes, yeah. Sir. Um, you know, Brother Layton, you said diligent. It's diligent. Just, it's just not our thought process. We also have to work hard. Oh, absolutely. See, you don't want to use that word. Some people like to work smart, but sometimes you got to work hard absolutely. to get through some of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Because we can get lazy being smart. Oh, absolutely. You, you absolutely. In other words, he said, hey, you got to work. See, in order to preserve unity, you got to work hard. <laughs> See, it's, e it's easy to not be in unity, but, but it's hard to be in unity. Why? Because anytime you got more than one person, you may have different perspectives. And so in order, I mean, you know, and so in order to, to, to make sure that you re respond in the appropriate manner, as Anthony said, you got to put in some work, right? Persistent effort for what? To preserve the unity. The purpose for walking worthy is onefold. Somebody say onefold. What is that onefold? Unity. <laughs> 
God said, listen, I've created a new race. I've created a new people who's going to represent me that I'm going to show off to the world. And they got to be walking in <laughs> because I am a God of order. And, if they, and when they look at you, they can say, hey, there's God's people because they are operating from a spirit of unity. And again, so again, we're talking about being a Christian. You have responsibilities. You accepted the call. Nobody made you. When, 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 when Jesus reached out to you, Sister Linda, Sister Jesse, uh, 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 Brother Jesse, uh, uh, Brother Herb, nobody made you do nothing. God can't make you do a thing. You, 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 mind, you I, I think I said a couple of things back, you know, they, something the devil made you do. The devil ain't made you do nothing. You did it because you want to. Same way with God. God can't make you do nothing. You can do it if you want to. And again, so he's talking about walking worthy. Here's the key. By living this way, we will. Somebody say will. So you've got to believe that you can do it. <laughs> you've got to believe that if I'm walking the way God has taught, told me to do, that I can do this. You, see, because a lot of people will tell you there's no way to be walking in unity, but then if they say that, you got to come against that because that is contrary to what the Bible tells you. Y'all like my shirt, right? What does it say? I can do it. I can because the Bible says I can. And, and, and that's the way you got to, thank you, brother, the, the Purdue made that for me. You got to believe that anytime the Bible challenges you to do something, God would never ask you to do nothing that you're incapable of doing. <laughs> Because it would be unfair to tell you to do something just when he know you can't do it. So everything he asks us, Sister Shirley, he knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. You just got to stretch and believe what it is he says about you, right? Let me, let me make sure that I make a, 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 a clarification here. Unity is not sameness. I got I, I to gotta stretch that. In other words, when I say unity, he's talking about unity. He's talking about unity in the spirit of peace. He's talking about the spirit. But he ain't telling you to be the same. <laughs> All of us are unique. That's why even, even twins don't have the same fingerprints. <laughs> Why? Because God, in his ultimate wisdom, created everybody, and he made them unique to what he wanted them to be. He said, you ain't got to be the same, but you got to be unified in the visions and goals that I've set for my people. You his people, right? He's talking to the call, right? You got to believe that, hey, listen, he's talking in this passage, even though he's talking to the Ephesians herd, He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's challenging us to walk worthy of the call that he's placed on our lives. <sighs> Let me give you an analogy. I, I, I'm a basketball fan, right? And right now, this is the best month for basketball. 
I, I know some of y'all, I'm, 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 I'm going to identify that because everybody's not a basketball fan. But in March comes the madness. Woo-hoo! 64 teams. Basketball all the time. Hey, hey Sister Lady Mateo, I sit down there, I put the remote, and I watch basketball all day. They started off with 64 teams, Jesse. Now they're down to 16. And I, I, just in case you didn't know, Alabama's still in there. Just I thought I'd throw, I, I thought I'd throw that out there. But on that team, on those teams, even though it's one team, there are different players on the team, right? But the teams, even though they're uniquely different, they're all working toward the same. The goal is to win. You and I as Christians, We're all working toward the same goal, and that is to walk worthy and win in the game of life that God has called us to do. Man, what a testimony, Jesse, when they they look at you and they can see you walking worthy toward the call that God has called you to. Notice, and we're still in verse 2 and 3, notice Paul does not command them to notice he commands them to preserve the peace. Y'all, see, see, here's the thing that I tell you. In your studies, make sure in the Bible you, you look at every word. Because God, when God, when God gave these men the, the words to say, God did not waste words. <laughs> and so he says, Preserve. And see, a lot of times, you, if you don't notice that, you'll be thinking, hey, Joyce, he's saying you got to establish the peace. Nah. You, 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 you can't establish the peace. God has already did it. <laughs> he said, listen, I have established the peace, Anthony. What you've got to do is keep it. <laughs> Jesse, what you got to do it's just follow the lead that I've already put in. That's all you got to do. You and I just got to follow. I've already put in, in place, her the, the things you need to do, to do to preserve the peace. Once you look at it that way, you don't, you don't make it harder than it already is. You just preserve the peace. The church did not establish peace or the unity God did. This unity is tied to our Christian character. You got to go back to verses 2. Yeah, I see it. The only way you're going to pull this off is doing what we just talked about before. Humility. See, see when, 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 when you walk in humility, Fred, you ain't got to, you ain't got to, you, or, or, or DeAndre, you ain't got to walk out there like, like I'm all there in a bag of chips. Because you ain't. <laughs> you realize that you ain't nobody but, but, but somebody that God is using. I, no, listen, can, 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 I, can I be real in here? Ain't nobody in here better than nobody else. <laughs> I, I don't care your economic, financial status. None of that. 
I don't care what title you got. I, I got a title called minister, but I ain't no better than nobody else. And you got to conduct yourself just like that. When you walk in the room, you realize, hey, I got to respect my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to talk to them with the utmost respect. I'm going to talk to them gentle. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to be patient with them. I ain't going to talk to them like they're no child. <laughs> That's what, that kind of stuff disturbs unity, Jesse. Because none of us like to be talked down to. Who, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who you think you who you think you're talking to? It allows, if we're not careful, because we, you got to remember, we, 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 we knew, but we still remember the old. And if, and if I don't grab that thought we're talking about, conscience, just I'll, I'll say something that, from the old man days. Oh, yeah, they're really laughing because we all got them in that old man days. We didn't tolerate that kind of stuff. You talk, you, you come at me, I'm coming back. But God said, hey, if you're going to walk worthy to this call, you can't do that no more. Lord, have mercy. All that stuff you used to do, God said, you got to put that in the trash can. You can't, you, you can't operate like that anymore. See, when you operate from God's perspective, it's easy to be able to walk in unity. If you operate from his perspective through the bond of peace. Yes, sir. Go ahead, give her a mic. You know, like, um, we are in God's family. Absolutely. And we unify in love. Amen. You know, when we're in God's family, like you said, we won. We won. He didn't separate me from Brother Fred. No. He didn't shut Brother Fred up in one room, me and another, and give, it, give me one word, Brother Fred the next. He gave us the same word because we are the same in God. In God. And you know, like you were talking about respect. You know the old saying go, you give respect, you get respect. Not, that might be when you was in the world. That, that's but it. when you in God, you give respect whether you get it or not. That's, that's absolutely. Because that is the word. That's, that's Christian character. That's what he's telling you about. You walk worthy. See, regardless of how you're being treated, you still got to represent him worthily in a worthy manner. And I'll be honest, it will be hard, but it ain't impossible. Because if God, as I go back to my original statement, God never asks us to do anything that we cannot do. Great point, great point. Was there any other comment? Somebody said this. See, man, I got to tell you, man, just, just, can, let, let's, let's, let's go natural for a minute, right? How do you feel when it's peace in the relationship you're in, man? I mean, you know, for, for, for those of, you know, that, that are married, whoo, you know, and I just, you know, I, you know, me, because I put myself out there. When me and Sister Latham is walking in unity and there's some peace, woo, man, I can't wait to get home. Y'all better hear me. <laughs> and so, again, just imagine if we were operating in peace in the church. Is that me, is that me Val? 
the church, man. I mean, and so again, we're talking about unity. Thank you for the comment. So verse 4, we've already been there, but we've got to go back to it. Verse 4 through 6. I'm reading the New American Standard. Verse 4 through 6. There is one body. Somebody said one body. And one spirit. Just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. Who is, over, who is over all and through all and in all. The operative word, how many times did he have to say it? The operative word was what? One. <laughs> I mean, you know, they tell you that anytime somebody says something and they repeat it more than once, especially when I was on the, you know, because, you know, when I was in the military, you know, and pastors use this analogy too, when the instructor wanted to make sure that you got it, that, 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 that who was going to be on the test? He would say it a couple of times. He would foot stump it. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's foot stumping the word one. And so look, look at what he says. He's, he says, there is one body and one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. The church is one body. Did y'all catch that? The church is one body united by one spirit, called to one hope, worshiping one God, trusting with one faith, identified by one baptism, submitting to one God and Father, and when we fail to, to keep the unity of the Spirit, we stop working in oneness. Brother Fred, got to come in. No, I, don't, I know we just finished talking about peace. You know, I think a lot of times because we know or we think the truth is going to offend someone and going to disturb the peace, especially like we just got through finished talking about family, we hold back because we're trying to keep things in, in harmony. But, 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 you know, the truth is the one that, that set us free. So I think we should tell the truth in love, even if it disturbs the peace. Amen. And, but here's the thing, and we're going to get there. I, I like you, preacher, but you don't know if folks get ahead of the speaker. You know that's in my notes, right? I, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we good. Most, most of you have heard of cancer, right? You know, and so let me let me let me let me let me just talk about cancer real quick. Cancer, y'all know, is a disease, right? But do you know how cancer operates? The reason I know this is because I got a relative that's dealing with it right now. I mean, I mean, you know, and it's rough. But this is how cancer does. Cancer is a disease in which cells no longer want to unify with the body. Those, those cancerous cells, they don't want to work with the rest of the body. So what they do is they go in there and they start doing stuff and they multiply. They don't follow the vision of all the other cells in the body. They make their own vision. They do their own And left unchecked, what it does, it takes out the entire 
How does that, y'all got to bring it back into the church. It's the same thing. We can't allow disunity to come in and be disruptive to the church body. We can I ain't asking you to act like me, sister. I'm just asking you to follow the vision for the church that God has called us all to follow. All to follow. All to follow. And so we've covered verses 1 through 6. And again, Paul was challenging us to walk worthy of the call which which he's placed on our lives as Christians. In verses 7 through 16, he still utilizes the theme or the thought walking, but now he's going to tell you, you got to walk in the gifts. Oh, yeah, see, 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 see. And I'm going to tell you, man, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right now is one of the most disturbing times in the church. Yes, it is. COVID has exposed some things. And what has happened is a lot of people have not rebounded from the effects of COVID. And so even though, you know, we're going to, COVID, you know, I ain't going to say it's gone because it looks like it's here to stay, kind of like the flu. <laughs> the flu been around for years. What you do is you just deal, <laughs> you, you still live, you just, yeah, put in, you know, the proper precautions. But what has happened, Fred, in this case, people have utilized the COVID piece and has it stopped them from exercising the gifts that God has placed in them. And because they're doing that, the church body is suffering. <laughs> he's going to show you that. He's going to show you that every believer has been given a spiritual gift, but it's not for the believer. It's for the church. And so when you don't do what it is that God has blessed you to do, and you're a part of the body, I am being denied. And so again, we're talking, he's talking spiritual gifts. And here's what he says. Verses 7 through 10. But to each one of you, each one of you, or each one of us, grace was given According to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, verse 8, it says, when he ascended on high, talking about, you know, he, he's quoting Old Testament scriptures here. He led, he's talking about Jesus. When Jesus ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Verse 9. So, this expression, I'm just reading it, he ascended. What does it mean when it says that he ascended and descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also, he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might feel all things. 
So in other words, I know I read a lot of stuff. So let's just, let's just sit, sit down and talk about it. The reason God gives gifts is so that he can equip the church to do the things that the church needs to do on his behalf. He gives gifts. God graciously, somebody say gracious. In other words, he didn't have to give you anything. <laughs> but because of his grace, he gave you something, Fred. He gave you a gift. Or sometimes it could be plural. But it's to be used in the service of serving God and his people. For, ex for you to do this so that his kingdom can be expanded. Talks about how Jesus, you know, went down the hill, took the captives free, and, and all those type of things. And again, that's the imagery of, you know, back in the days when the Romans generally used to go conquer somebody, they would, get the, they would go conquer and they would take the slaves and they would put them on display and they would just mark them as, show them as free. And again, he was talking about that. So again, my, my, my piece is, this is the thing that you and I got to be very, uh, how do y'all want to say this? Make sure that you know that you, God has given you a purpose in this earth. And a purpose in this church. Huh? Go ahead. You got a comment? Get, get, give, her, give her a mic or something. No, 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 no. We just want you to share it in the. He was saying how to say that. was saying stewardship. Amen. To make sure that what we have, we use as good stewards. Make sure that everybody can enjoy it. That that's what it was given for. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I like the way you tied that to our our yearly thing. So verses eleven and twelve, and he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some pastors and teaching, uh, teachers, for the equipping of the saints. For the work of service to the buildup of the body of Christ. See, God never intended for you to become part of the church for your own benefit. In addition to your benefit, there's a higher calling on your life. And God saved and equipped you so that you can go out there and serve and bring others into his kingdom. Just think about a real body, just for a second. Y'all know y'all body is a living organism, right? Right? It is composed of two parts, right? That's not true. Your body can, is composed of many parts, right? You, I mean, you got a nose, you got ears, you got toes, you got fingers, you got joints, you got muscles. You got all kinds of stuff in your body. And they all work <laughs> because they know that they got to do their part so that your body can do what it's supposed to, to do. 
The church will only grow and mature is when all the parts operate in harmony and unity. Let me, can I, can I, let, 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 let me, I'm, this is a generic statement. Don't undervalue yourself in the church. Just listen. I, whatever, don't undervalue yourself. Whether somebody say something nice to you or not, don't undervalue yourself. God placed you in the body for a reason. He knows what that reason for, and I believe that if you've asked him, for most of it, he tells us what that reason is. Listen, I have no doubt one of my gifts is to do what I'm doing now. How do I know that? Because I love doing it. I mean, I, man, I, I, her, I, I enjoy teaching this Bible almost as much as I love to eat. And y'all know I love to eat. <laughs> and so I know that, you know, and so God has placed in all of us a spiritual ability to use for the edification of his saints, right? Our relationship to the corporate body is crucial not only to our own spiritual development, but to the development of the church. Verses 13 through 14. Man, y'all ain't saying too much to nothing in here. Huh? That's why, I you know, I just had to say that because I get in trouble. He said, man, Latham, you, you, you need to start asking questions or something. Because so anybody got a question? Okay, you know me. I like it. I'm good. Verse 14, 13, 14. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceit scheming. Notice here, Paul uses two metaphors. The first he uses is children. The second one he uses is a, of a boat being tossed about on the, on the waves, right? Only by growing into maturity will you stop operating like children. That's what he's trying to get us to understand. He expects you to grow and me to grow and Fred, all of us to grow so that we don't act like children. Why? Because y'all know how children act, right? Children are unstable in their thinking. <laughs> you know, little kids, you, I mean, come on now. You remember when you was a child? You, you, man, you, you, you wouldn't focus. One minute you playing with this toy, next thing you know you throw the toy away, you playing with a box. <laughs> Why? Because you a child. But he said, listen, when you became new, you got to not be a child anymore. I, he's telling you, Jesse, me, Joyce, you, Wayne, 
you got to grow up. If you're going to walk worthy, if you're going to walk in these gifts, you've got to grow up into maturity because I need to use you and I can't use you as a child. You've got to grow up because children, I don't need you being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. See, see, a lot of people who don't grow, that's why they're always searching for stuff. You know, I mean, they, man, they got these guys out here now so smooth and cunning. They, 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 they'll get you to follow them off a cliff because they, the people who are following them are not mature. They, they, yeah, well, that sounds good. Sure. Then they go over here, oh, man, that sounds good. And then they go over here, that sounds good. Listen, man, everything can't be good. <laughs> That's why you got to grow up and, and, and get into this, into this word so that you know what the truth is. We're going to get to the truth because Fred said that in a little minute. So that you cannot be swayed. That's why I say, listen, I know some guys, man, and they, 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 they I mean, they, they very persuasive. But when they start deviating from this Bible, I mean, some of them friends, hey, I mean, you know, not tight, tight. You know how it is. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, there we go. What's it called? I, I, that made me think about, like, how we have, like, um, a lot of people that nowadays preach the prosperity gospel. Where it talks, they don't really talk about suffering. It talks more about, like, oh, you're going to get this, this, and this. Everything's going to be good. And. Kind of tell people that even in the word, and I think it's another thing, people don't read the Bible and know it for themselves. So when they hear things that sound, it sounds kind of right, then it's like, oh, maybe, you know what I'm saying, this is what he's talking about is I should do this and stuff like that. So You're absolutely right. And that's why even now y'all need to be Bereans. Mm -hmm. Don't just, even though I know y'all, trust me, you still supposed to go behind and check me. Because there are people that stand in seats or stand in places like this that will take some of this stuff and they'll mix it, the truth with some stuff, and the next thing you know, you go. I'll never forget, I told this before, right? And I'm going to share it again. This guy got up there, and, and, and believe me, I ain't calling him out, but I just know the Bible. The next thing you know, he said, hey, I need you to bring your gold. Go home, get your gold, go get all this stuff, and bring it to the church because we're going to melt it down. And, 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 and he put some guys in place, and I'm sitting there, I'm listening. He put some heavy hitters up there to, you know, to get up there to, you know, because, you, you know, a lot of times you see titles, y'all, you know, you get impressed with titles. And so I'm sitting there, and Sister Latham, I can see her tensing up because she thought I was getting ready to go home and tell her to give me her gold. Oh, my husband, even to tell me I got to give up all my gold. I sit there right there in the chair. I said, sweetheart, don't worry, your, don't worry, your gold's secure. <laughs> because I know he's straying away from the, he's straying away from the Bible. I follow you as long as you follow the, so again, we're talking about growing up mature. It's, it's, it's in your best interest to grow up and be mature in what God says 
in his word, as, 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 as my brother just said. You've got to know what the Bible says. Go ahead. You've got to get a microphone. Is the button pushed? You got a green light. Go try now. Try. Somebody give her another mic. You got a who, who got a mic? Give it to her, please. Okay. She got one. Thank you. All right. Appreciate your patience. We really wanted to hear what she got to say. Red, sister. The word saying my people are being destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Oh, absolutely. So you see, when we don't read or we don't study or we don't pay attention and learn, people can tell you anything and you won't believe it. Amen. But if you know something, it's hard for them to take advantage of Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you. Brother Wayne. Give Brother Wayne a, a, a microphone. One, two, one, two. Yeah, I just want to say this. Um, I think it was a year or two ago, I was watching TV, and um, this guy who has a ministry in either Pace or Milton, Florida, and this is a pastor, and he was telling the folks um, he would not do or perform interracial uh, marriages. And... He was saying that if your white daughters or your white sons bring a black girl or a black guy, he will not do it because the black race want to get back into God's good grace. So that's why they want to marry into the white. And I'm saying, and the church is going crazy. And they're screaming, amen, amen. I'm like, but well, y'all got the word right here. Yeah. If you open up the word, it'll tell you how. Several things. I mean, what did Abraham do when he put his hand in his bosom and he pulled it out? God used everybody, blacks, whatever. And, you know, they were just, and the word is right there. And all they got to do is just open and read the word, you know? Amen. Amen. Manipulation. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Fred. Did you have a comment, Brother Fred? Yeah. If we follow the, the, the pattern that Jesus laid out, he says, study the sort thyself approved, that we may be able to rightly divide the word of truth. So if we don't study then we're, we're not going to be rightly divided the word of truth. He's given us the formula. All we got to do is follow it. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me just condone y'all, right? And, and this is not a shot at anybody because I don't do that, right? Because I don't know what people are doing with their lives. You know. and, but here's the thing. L let, me just, let me just impress upon y'all. I know each and every one of y'all got something to do right now. We all got stuff to do. You could probably be at home taking care of many children or doing something. But you purpose, for whatever reason, to say, hey, listen, Bible study is important. I'm telling you, you are in the minority. Y'all better hear me. You are in, and I ain't talking about striving, so don't, don't, don't try to, don't, don't try, don't try to tie. I'm talking about in Christian, in, in, in the faith. 
People are saying, hey, you don't take all that. If you're going to grow, you're going to take some time. And you've got to find that time somewhere. And so, again, I just wanted to commend you for it because sometimes you feel, you know, you can get to the man, listen. They'll be like, hey, man, you know, you're at home and you got clothes to wash. <laughs> I mean, because we, we all got real life things that we can be doing. But when, when you sacrifice, I believe God's going to reward you for sacrifice and give you nuggets that you can plot it. Go ahead, Brother Hurt. Get, get him a microphone, please. Cause I, yeah. Go ahead, sir. One of the things that you, that my faculty always was taught this today. And um, I, I have another Bible study that I Amen, get amen. And one of the things it says, um, meditation on God's word is the matrix of creativity. Mm, that's um, big. And then we have to break that down, the matrix uh, of that. But the bottom line is, and when it says meditate God's word, one of the things God wants from us mm. is our time in him. One thing he wants from us, our time with him. And when you when you don't seem like you busy, then you will miss out all what you said before, what you were just saying, what we are, what God has for us, all the things that uh, God has for us uh, at the beginning of, of Ephesians chapter uh, 1 and 2 mm -hmm. and saying who, what we are. But the only thing that you don't know that if you don't spend time, time in him. And one of the things that I also remember that resonate to me, especially when it comes back, was one of my favorite would come back to Joshua. It says one and eight. Oh, there you go. And what he says, meditate on this word mm -hmm. day and night. Spend time with me. That's what I'm asking you. And then you will be successful wherever you go. That's good, huh? I mean, it just, and again, it comes to a point where uh, unity, uh, it just, again, it just, uh, uh, and it, what we're saying, what does it takes to be walk unity? And I always say this, too, is uh, one of the, I would say one of the requirements is repentance, mm -hmm. believe, mm -hmm. and the third one comes with it says obedience. What do I have to be obedient with? And everything that, su that comes to support on that is the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And we talk about gentleness. We talk about kindness. These things that what comes along with that, but once again, Obedience. Amen. Obedience. Amen. Amen. Great, great comment. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. We, we're talking about 
maturity. To mature is to grow in every way, right? We must grow in every area of our lives, even in the area of our speech. Speaking the truth is love. So let's first talk about what is truth, right? Because, you know, some people will say truth is relative, and I'm here to tell you truth ain't relative. Truth is what God has to say about <laughs> period.com. God established truth. Truth must reign, and sometimes it isn't pretty when the truth confronts our sins. Y'all better hear me. Sometimes, sometimes, I know somebody get ready to throw a stone at me, but I got, you know, y'all know I'm a real relevant guy. Every now and then, I miss the mark, Sister Joe. Y'all know what miss the mark is, right? It's a pretty way of saying I seen. I know, I know, I know. I ain't going to ask y'all because y'all, y'all all, y'all got it all together. Y'all perfect. So that's why I talk about me. Every time, you know, and so I, I, I don't do it on purpose, you know, but sometimes I, I do miss the mark, right? And so again, sometimes when I do that, the truth can hurt, right? So here's what he's trying to tell us, Brother Anthony, because I want to make sure that I get this very clear. Truth is what God says in mind. About a man, I said that. Truth must reign, and sometimes it isn't pretty when, it, when the truth confronts our sin. That's why the truth can't be used like a sledgehammer. The problem when people in, in marriages and in relationships is sometimes when we take the truth to somebody, we don't take it in love, we take it like a sledgehammer. Bam! <laughs> Bam! I'm telling the truth. Yeah, remember, you just busted me up. You didn't even say it in love. You just. I'm afraid I'm, I'm trying. Man, I'm, I'm, you know, took me out. The truth. You can tell the truth because the truth is the truth. But do it in love. Do it even when you're telling the truth. It should be to build me up. Not take me down. Well, you ain't nothing but a liar. I guess that's all I'm going to be. <laughs> Even though I don't tell you, tell the truth, I did lie. But I guess, I mean, but now you don't say, hey. Again, we have to make sure, because at the end of the day, he's telling us how to represent him. When you go to somebody, the first thing in your mind, where he wanted the truth, you got to go in with a compassionate spirit. And sometimes, Fred, you're right, they, they may not be receptive, but at least you didn't drop it like a, 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 a atomic bomb on it. You know, you can't control people's feelings, but you can't control how you, how you share the truth with them. You can control how you share the truth. Verse 16, 
from which the whole body, been fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper work of each individual part, causes the growth of the body of the building of itself in love. Here's what Paul says here. He's saying the body grows with the proper working of each individual part. Go ahead, Ms. Delman. You know, Memphis like to, I'm like you. You know, I can talk about myself and I won't offend myself. But you know, you talking about telling the truth and how you can tell it. It all go back to respecting the person that you telling the truth to. Amen, amen. You know, I've been married 10 years. Praise the Lord. And I'm, you know, down, I didn't always, you know, tell my husband the truth in a respectful way. But I learned across the years by his feelings. Mm. And when I'm accepting how he feels when I'm telling the truth, it hurts me when, you know, I look at him and it hurt him. Then I go back and say, babe, I'm so sorry. But now I am learning, not just today, you know, back. I'm learning, and I have learned, you know, mm. like, honey, this and that. But usually I say, well, I'm just telling you because that's the truth. That's not the attitude to have. And yeah, just you like just you. dropped it like a sledgehammer when you do it like that. <laughs> and just <laughs> like you, you know, like um, and I've been off a couple of days. Usually when I be off, you know, I say, oh, Lord, I'm at home. But now I'm excited being at home with my husband. I'm excited being there Praise just the his, in his presence because, you know, we, get it, we got it together. Praise the Lord. You know, we won now. Praise the Lord. And there ain't no separation in there. Mm. You know, you ain't the only one glad to go home. I'm glad to go home to my ass, too. <laughs> but it's that learning and that teaching mm -hmm. that I had to receive when I was taught. Amen. You know, a lot of times, like you said, you come, with, you come in yourself, you don't get nothing. Mm. When you come in yourself, well, I know about this. I, you can't tell me this. Okay, you don't got it in yourself then. But when you go back and think about what God said about your husband and your wife, according to the word of the Lord, then that's when you get on board. Mm. And I thank God, and I can tell everybody, I thank God that I got on board. And I thank God I learned how to respect not only my husband, you and everybody else in the church. Everybody. People Every human being. Church. I respect my enemies. You know, because they are human. I've been there. I was there. I know how I felt when people didn't respect me. I felt like I was nothing. So, you know, I, I, I don't want God to say, well, Sister Thelman, you know, uh, you think it back and uh, look how you felt when somebody thought you were nothing. Now you're making somebody else try to feel like they ain't nothing. I don't want to be there no more. Amen. I don't want to be there no more. So I thank God the place that he moved me in. Glory. Amen. Amen. Brother Wayne? Yeah, just two things real quick. Even um, two differences because, one, when you get that, um, that, even as a church member, sometimes, like you say, respect, when we feel like we have that truth and we hurt somebody, sometimes that church hurt is a, is a real bad hurt, you know? But I'll show you the difference between that and spirit words because the other day, Somebody came to the um, barbershop. I just told my wife about it this morning, a couple of guys at the barbershop. Somebody came and they was talking about where, who has the best wings. So I ate a lot of wings, but I never had Papa Joe's wings before. Mm -hmm. And it's a hideaway. So I went there Papa. and 
I went there Saturday. I like it. So I brought my wife there Monday. And this also piggyback on what Brother Herb saying about time. So while we were sitting down there, I told my wife, I don't like the, 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 the setting of the place, but the food is good. And she's like, yeah, the wings are real good. So all of a sudden, a lady came, and the lady was, um, she just real get attracted to my wife, and she was telling all her life story, just to speed up things real quick. So remember a while back, brother, brother um, um, short guy, the uh, mailman, um, brought a word, and he said, when you finish praying and doing all your babbling, sometimes be quiet and let God pour some stuff in your spirit and talk to you. So the other day I was at the house, and I was just reflecting on what I did throughout the day, and the spirit came and showed me the truth. He said, Wayne, you was at that place. You was eating the wings. This lady opened up, and she was talking to your wife and talking to you all and saying how she was this, that, and she was at a low point in her life, but the people at the bar took her in and, and, and made her feel like she has a new family. And that was an opportunity for you to tell her about a kingdom family. Mm. And you didn't do it. The truth didn't come and beat me up. But when I spent time, like Brother Herb was saying, the Spirit showed me that was an opportunity. You got to be on guard. You got to be ready. So I know now, this Monday coming, what I got to do, and I'm going to invite her, and that, this is not a plug, but I'm going to invite her to the play, and I'm going to bless her. Because you say, he said that this is what the Spirit showed me. you blessing everybody with tickets to come to this play. But here are the people in the bar. You're not hitting the highways and the byways. They are my people too. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I shared that with my wife this morning. And I also shared with some other brothers and sisters at the barbershop um, earlier today. Get out of that comfort zone. They are your people too. They are your brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Again, you know, I'm going to just reread verse 16 because I want, I want to grab something real quick. From whom the whole body, so we got to say the whole body, being fitted and held together, by what every joint supplies, in other words, joints, you know, hold stuff together, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Paul is saying that the body grows with the proper working of each individual part. He's talking to us now. He's talking to you as an individual. The body grows with the working of each individual part, Right? When it is fitted and knitted together, the body is built up when the various parts contribute to the whole. Have, how many, you know, I, I was online on, 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 and, and I read this fascinating article. How many of you have ever heard of the redwood trees in, in California? Yeah. These Trees are massive. They, they, some of the biggest trees in the world. You can only find them in California. I don't know what part. I, I mean, didn't tell me what part. I ain't, I ain't seen them. I'm just telling you what I read. Some of these trees are thousands and thousands of years old. Guess what they said? How they, how, how, how they operate, though? They said every tree that you see outside, but deep down under, all of their roots are growing together. 
Every tree is connected to the other tree. All of their true roots are entwined together. And they still, so when wind and all that stuff come, they grow strength. They, 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 and that's how they survive and thrive. Because they work together. Imagine if we as the church would entwine ourselves and truly work together the way the Lord called us to do, you'll see some stuff that we ain't talking about. You'll see it happening on a regular occurrence. <laughs> you know, see, see, a lot of times we read the Bible and we talk about, you know, all them got, folk got saved and, and back then those days, you know, all that. And y'all don't believe, but that stuff could happen. <laughs> the reason it happened back then, because them boys were working too. They put, they put the corporate mission ahead of their own individual desires. The church nowadays, you know, a lot of us, we're just doing our own thing. You over here doing your thing? I'm over here doing my thing, and the folk don't know what to do. <laughs> Go ahead, Herb. Praise the Lord. Uh, my wife will probably listen to on this one. But anyway, today, I was so happening to uh, uh, working on my golf game be ready for my, my golf buddies. Anyway, I was in the backyard doing some chipping. That's my weak spot. So I was working, trying to get things together, right? Chip. And as I was working on it, and I had this little green mat, then all of a sudden I saw shadows, like a bunch of, all over my head, you know, like, what is that? And I looked up. It was, it was bees, a swarm of Ooh. bees. Yeah. I mean, it just covered my whole backyard, you know. And I go, oh, my goodness, I had to get out of here, you know what I'm saying? But they never touched me. But just the fact to hear the swarm and seeing so many bees together, I caught my breath. I ran in, I ran scared. in the shed. I go, oh, my goodness. You're scared, say you scared. And right? I told my wife, look at this. And, and as I watched them, I said, what are they going to do? And I have a fruit tree. Then all of a sudden, they was gathering closer to the fruit tree. And all of a sudden, they stopped swarming. It was a hive. It was huge. All they all was one together. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm going to get rid of these, these bees. And then I found out Florida yeah, has protected. a, a is, uh, honeybees is, is protected. Is, is protected. Oh, absolutely. I said, oh, man, I'm, well, I can't go out there and dash gasoline or whatever I'm going to try to do. I have to have them removed and found that out. But the thing is, I did call, and the individual guy came over and looked at the, what kind of bees. He, he knew immediately. It was huge. It was in my tree. He said, them honeybees. There's nothing I can do. But just let me tell you what, what's happening. They're going to leave in two or three days. What's happening is the queen bee got tired. And she decided to rest <laughs> in my tree. So they all came together as one. You understand? It was mm -hmm. huge. And I, as I said, okay, they, 
He said, there's nothing I can do. They, they'll leave two or three days. It wasn't two three days. I went outside and sat out on the porch and just mind my own business because they weren't messing with me. And then all of a sudden, the Queen Bee decided it was time to move on. And they did. They, they all gathered and moved on. But I'm just saying to once again, when one's tired and everybody was together, there was a one unit. One unit. Do we move that way? One unit. Whoo! As in, that's a good illustration. Sister Lisa was at the house. She's talking about, she about that's a spiritual thing. I said, so I'm sharing it before you, Sister Lisa. But that, that's a power. That's a power. But word the point picture. was again unity. How they all stuck together with with the Queen Bee, and it was it was just amazing to see that. Amen. And then I did see some stragglers after they learned. I said, oh, see, they got lost. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, and that's when them and they, when they lost. get lost, they just take it out. They lost. They didn't know where it was going. Yeah, but that's anyway. good. Heard. That's Amen. good. You know, the Bible even talk about the people back then were so much together until everybody went out and sold what they had and brought it and laid it at the disciples' feet to be distributed to the ones that had nothing. So you know, that's unity. And when you could take look at your brother and sister, and though they're in need. When the church get together, the, the, the body get together and say, okay, we're going to bless these as a need. Even if we have to sacrifice what we have to share with them. And I think that's a lot of times when we, we get, even in the church, we get selfish. You know, we get selfish. Mm. And that hinders, we don't realize you're not helping yourself. All you're doing is hindering yourself. You're hindering your blessings because you're not blessing anybody else. Mm. When God blesses us, he blesses us to bless others. That's right. That's and right, when that's we don't, we hinder all those blessings. That's good. That's good. One last thing. Even God recognized the power of being one in unity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to the power, Tower Babylon? Yeah, yeah. I knew where you were going. We all knew where you were going. The yeah, Tower of Babel. Yeah. Even God got, got the notice about the unity. Yeah. I said, listen, I got to go out there and do something. Them boys don't want a cord. <laughs> I got to break that one accord up because they're getting ready to do it in, under evil circumstances. Amen. Amen. Real good. Real good. And, and so now we're going to switch uh, to verses 17 through 24, and it tells us to walk differently than the Gentiles. And so I'm reading verses 17 through 19, and we're going to get there. We, we, got, we got 12 minutes. So I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their hearts. Verse 19, and they having become callous, having been given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity, with greediness. So here's what Paul is telling us. He's saying, and he's talking to the Ephesians and now us. He's saying, hey, you can no longer live like the Gentiles live. And here's all he's talking about. You can't live like the people who are outside of Christ live. That's all he's saying. Because that's what we are. We, we, you know, we, we, we're, 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 we're no longer Gentiles because we're in Christ. But and he says, but he, and so, so he's telling you, me, and all of us that are Christians, he said, hey, listen, you have called, been called 
to a higher standard. You have been called to righteousness and all this stuff. You can't live like these boys lived. When he ain't telling you, you can't be, you know, you know, he ain't taking, I ain't taking you out of the world because you in the world for a purpose. But it, even while you here, you can't live like they live. And, and what he's saying, because they, they live in contrary to how God wants them to live. Just think about it. Again, I use myself. Before I got saved, I, I, I was living how I wanted to live. Woke up when I wanted to <laughs> went where I wanted to go, drank what I wanted to drink, smoke what. I was something else. And that's what happening even now. There are people out there that what I just said I used to do, they still doing it. But he said, hey, Latham, you can't, you, you can't do that no more. Murder, if you, you can't live like them. I ain't saying you did all those stuff I did. But you can't live like them. You, because they live contrary to the laws of God. He said, listen, they, them, them, most, most people who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they don't wake up every morning. They, the, 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 half of them ain't, I mean, probably ain't thinking about it. Don't really realize that the only reason they woke up is because God woke them up. You and I know the only reason we got up is because God woke us up, right? They ain't thinking like that. They doing what they want to do. Like, wait. They're they doing what they want to do. And then he says, hey, the, the, the hearts are hard. You know, callous, man. Just, you know. So, I mean, I mean we, some, of you, some of us had hard hearts. Like Fred said, all we thought about was ourselves. That's it. And so, again, he said, don't live like they live. Don't live like they live. Don't live like they live. Verse 20 and 21. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. And so what in other words, Paul said, this is, this is not how you came to know Christ. Here Paul is referring to a Christian's new relationship with Christ. How many of you have heard of Jesus Christ? That should be everybody, right? How many of you are in relationship with Jesus Christ? See, because that, that's right. So a lot of people have heard of Jesus Christ. In fact, some of those people that we were just talking about, they've heard of him. The difference is they ain't in relationship. There's a difference. There's a difference to know of somebody and to, and to be in a relationship with somebody. And so he's telling us that, hey, you are in a relationship, so you didn't, you, you didn't learn like those guys. And then he talks about just as truth is in Jesus Christ. That's deep. The, G, Paul is saying the truth is in Jesus Christ. How many of you know that Jesus said, I am the truth? <laughs> the way and the life. No man. And so again, you, 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 you know who he is. Verse 22 through 24, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. <laughs> you lay aside the old self, 
which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on a new self, which is like the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holy and true. So here, here Paul is telling us in Ephesians, hey, listen, you have been given a new wardrobe, so to speak. You got an old wardrobe and you got a new one. And here's what he's saying. He said here, and what you got to do is you got to take off, got to change clothes. Yeah, it is. You got to take off the old you and put on the new you. Put on the one who was created in God's likeness, right? You got, see, see, he's letting us know that God has cleaned us up on the inside. So how many know that your outside got to match your inside? See, the problem is a lot of people, see, because a lot of times, Anthony, people will never see your inside. But they will see your and so, again, you, your conduct is what he's trying to get us to understand is very important in the kingdom. How do we make this happen? He addresses it. How do you, how do you make this happen? If you look at that, he's talking about the one common thing is he says, be ye renewed. Renewed. He's talking about the brain. <laughs> As a Christian, you got a brain. And he's letting you know that, hey, the key to taking off the old and putting on the new is to be renewed in your mind, in your brain. See, the word renewed means to be readjusted, to be regenerated, to mean turn around. See, your, your mind, we, 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 once you do that, you can't think like the old person used to think. We got to be the new man. Verse 25. Did I see your hand? Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with this neighbor, for we are members of one another. Paul explains how to implement the new way of life that results from renewed thinking. Since the church is the body of Christ, we are members of one another. We are connected, so we must not falsehood. That means lie, but speak the truth. We already talked about that. And we know as children of God, we must speak the truth. Because when you lie, you know who is the father of lies, right? Oh, yeah. And this one, I got, we, I'm glad we got time. We're going to spend a little time on this. Verse 26 and 27. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. So let's, let's talk about it. He said, be angry and do not sin. So let's get real in here just for a second. We often think that as Christians, we must suppress our feelings. That's not what he's asking us to do. People have made us believe that to express ourselves is sinful. But the fact of expressing our feelings is not the problem. The problem is how we express our feelings. <laughs> God gave you feelings. He, he put them in there for a reason. 
It's how you express your feelings. People are going to make each other mad even in the church. <laughs> Listen, if you come in here with the misnomer that, hey, I go to church, ain't nobody going to get on my last. They ain't going to make you mad. If you come in there, that's not reality. If you come in there thinking that, soon as somebody do, you're going to walk out. Because you like, oh. <laughs> No. It happens even in the church. He, but, he's saying, but, but here's what he's saying. So he says, control your anger. He's telling us, you got to control your anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, deal with your anger on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that me and my wife, we, 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 we incorporated in our life, in our marriage, and, and, and I'm telling you, it works. For me. Every now and then, we have a tip. <sighs> Maybe I, I, I've got to get permission. But before we go to bed, we purpose in our heart. Somebody going to apologize. <laughs> because we ain't going to bed angry. He's telling you to deal with your anger on a daily basis and do not let it simmer. See, when you go down, when you don't deal with it on a daily basis, you go to sleep, you wake up with it, and it's just growing. And the next thing you know, it's in flame. It's burning relationships up because you didn't deal with it that day. You got to deal with it that day on a daily basis. You know how we, you know, I mean, I, you know, I think I heard Pastor say this one time, how uh, back in the, when he grew up, they, 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 they didn't deal with the anger on a basis, and then when they finally got to you, they beat you for like, <laughs> they beat you for all the stuff that you did for, you know, three weeks ago. And so, again, we're talking at peace right there. I have my glasses. I can't see And so, again, we, we're there. And then in verses um, 30, 29 and 31, he said, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. Only such words is as good for education according to the needs of the moment so that it would give of the moment so that it would give you grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. In other words, we gotta be careful when we get into conversation. You know what I've learned her sometimes a conversation that start off innocent, if you don't check yourself, people can take you down the wrong path. You sitting there talking, you sit up there and you got ready to talk and y'all talking innocent. Next thing you know, they, they got you over here talking about somebody. Saying stuff that you ain't supposed to be saying. And so again, you know, he's talking about foul mouth and bitters and all that. Be kind to one another, tender heart, forgiving each one just as Christ has forgiven you. This is the last coming, I know we're done. In this piece, you know, oftentimes when people talk about forgiveness, They'll say, well, hey, I can't forget what they did to me. God ain't asked you to forget. 
I want you to put you on notice. God ain't forget all those things, all them sins you did. God ain't forgot. <laughs> he ain't because he's omniscient. Omniscient means all knowing. He can't forget. But in spite of all those things you did, he forgave you. And that's what he's saying to you and I. Listen, don't forget. I ain't saying forget. Forgive. Tonight we've been talking about walking the walk and talking the talk. I just want to encourage you to, hey, as you walk, go through this Christian journey, talking is good. Walking is better. Let us, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for Bible study. Thank you for each and every one of your comments. We got a few announcements we want to make. I think they'll show them on the slides, but I got, I got them in my hand. If y'all want to pull them up, if not, I can just.